Hey, welcome to episode two of Outrage Factory. I am Derek Bolin. And I am Dale DeRuiter. Uh, hey, we hey, made it to I, our second episode. Yes, we did. I would like to thank everybody for listening to our first episode. Nearly a hundred uh, listeners, which means we're totally cocky and have giant egos now. So you have that to deal with. Yeah, 95 people listen to us ramble about shit we do nothing about for over an hour. An hour. And <laughs> nobody told us anything critical about the podcast. It was all glowing reviews, except Derek's mom who says we swear too much. Yeah, so we uh, we did cause some outrage of our own by apparently swearing too much, which leads people to find us less credible, according to my mother. Uh, which would explain my entire life. Yeah, I, I don't think people should be finding us particularly credible, <laughs> yeah. regardless of how often we swear, seeing as how it's pretty clear we have no fucking idea what we're talking about. Right. Uh, and I would like to stop swearing, except for that's for little girls, so I'm not going to. I'm sorry, Sue Boland, but... I am a tradesman just so I can swear more. <laughs> uh, they've actually done studies where they found that, that people who swear are perceived to be more trustworthy. So I'd like to say, uh, Mom, you're full of shit. Yeah. And, uh, hey, hey, hey. She's like one of our 20 <laughs> listeners. True. She Don't was actually she was probably responsible for 85 of those 95 yeah. uh, listeners. She had. just had it on repeat. So, uh, this week we're going to make an effort to swear less. At least yeah. I personally am. Yeah. Uh, in hopes that I, I still don't want you to find us credible because, again, <laughs> we do not research anything yeah. we talk about. Uh, we basically just ramble mm -hmm. for an hour. Yeah. Um, mainly, we don't research stuff because it's just it's too hard. And it takes too long. Like, you, it used to be if you wanted to research something, you could find, like, one source. And you're like, well, this source is credible. I could just read this and know what's going on. But now you're like, ooh, I don't know. This source could be credible. But, oh, I have to check three more just because it's the internet and everybody fucking lies on it. Alternative facts, man. Yeah, which leads us into <laughs> Trump. Yeah. Talking so, about the media. So when we started this podcast, we were like, you know... Let's never, ever talk about Trump. Yeah. We could just start an entire podcast where we just talk about the insane stuff Trump is doing week yeah. in and week out. And we wanted to focus more on what people are being outraged about on social media. But it turns out 90% of what people are outraged about is Trump. And I personally think that's kind of like a smokescreen so they can just get everybody mad at Trump and then do whatever they want behind the scenes. But... Now it's just Trump doing whatever he wants and saying "f you." Yeah, so. uh, again, it's it's hit this point where you know I'll go online to be like, "Oh, what are people angry about this week?" Yeah. and you check Twitter, and it's just like thousands and thousands of yeah. of like, "Oh, Trump did this, and Trump did mm -hmm. that, and Trump is an insane person." Uh, the one specific thing I wanted to talk about this week was the Trump. Uh, administration putting out a uh, highly leading, to be generous, survey uh, about the authenticity of the media, which he's made 
Have you oh, seen the survey? Yeah, I did the survey. Yeah. But at the end, it's like, I did it all. I'm like, oh, these are pretty leading questions. Whatever. You could still say no. And at the end, it's like, what's your email and your name? And I'm like, no. I'm not, <laughs> not giving, also, I do not want please any, give us money. any emails from Trump or any of his uh, cabinet or whatever it's called in the States. But I, for one, have always had a mistrust for the media because... Every news organization is a business, and they do have to keep the lights on, so they have to tread lightly on what they write about because they don't want to piss off their sponsors. I mean, you've worked for you you worked for a major media organization. Yes, uh, I worked I, for the Calgary Sun. I, I was going to say I don't know if we can name them. <laughs> well, it's it's I guess it's a record that's on the record somewhere that I worked there. Yeah, I was a graphic designer at the Calgary Sun, so I have behind the scenes looks at it and the problem is everybody makes out these journalists to be these terrible people who are only interested in one thing but like everyone else who has a job they're working their job as best they can and how their boss tells them to and at the end of the day they still have bills to pay so they can't just lose their job and not pay rent so that's my that's my thing about trump well, no, that's that's one of many criticisms I have about Trump's war versus the media is that at, you've seen it at his rallies, you've seen it uh, in his press state- statements, you've seen yeah. it from his press secretary at press briefings, is that he's pitting the people of America against journalists. And it's, yeah. it's basically, it's like going to Starbucks and shitting all over the minimum wage earning barista because yeah. you don't like Starbucks corporate policies, which is ridiculous. Like, journalists are just people, a lot of them are super idealistic, got into journalism because they wanted to get out there and tell the truth and report objectively on things. They didn't yeah. want to shape public perception in any way. They just, journalism is absolutely necessary, like yeah. like we needed. But a lot of these journalists are now uh, caught between trying to... I guess, adhere to their employer's editorial slants and Trump basically saying, hey, journalists are all shitty and evil and (laughs) you should throw shit at them. One thing I wanted to point out about the editorial slants, which you just pointed out, is everybody talks about newspapers having editorial slants, which I think is needed. Like when I worked at the Calgary Sun, yes, they were conservative slanted against the Herald in Calgary, which was left-wing slanted. But that's because you have these readers you've been building up for 40 years, and they come to expect their news of a certain flavor. Otherwise, they'll go to the other paper. Like, if you if you don't have a specific editorial voice for your paper, it's just going to be chaos, and nobody will know what, they, what they're going to read. So you have these people who are like-minded and kind of conservative and they want to read news from a perspective that they'll understand and respect as opposed to like a left-winger reading right-wing papers and you're like oh this is all super slanted and gross yeah it is to you because you're the opposite opinion yeah i don't think this belief that the media is is maybe a little biased in their reporting is is like anything new yeah Uh, no i was distrusting the media way back before it was cool (laughs) yeah back in like you think back to like the iraq war days and like 
even before that, like back when I was this idealistic leftist and I was like, oh, don't trust newspapers because yeah. they're major corporations. Uh, and one thing actually from the Iraq war was Bush Jr. outlawed pictures of caskets coming back because it was reducing morale for the war. So there's there's an actual pinpointable fact where the government stepped in and kind of censored what the media was allowed to print. Yeah, which is not... I mean, you, you have to have a free press. Like, yeah. you, you absolutely need to have that. Uh, I think Trump is is intentionally taking steps to erode people's trust in the free press because if people are trusting the press when they come out and say, hey, this insane thing happened yeah. and Trump stands to benefit from it, uh, and people are just buying into it. Like uh, Trump doesn't even need to take the step of saying, "Hey, press, don't print that." He, all yeah. he has to do uh, is turn people against the press, and they they buy into it themselves, and they're not believing the press anymore. And uh, we're seeing this growing exponentially. This movement across the states, and now to a lesser extent, Canada, uh, where some really shitty politicians are kind of aping Trump's example, thinking it'll bring them success here. (laughs) (laughs) And the, the most bizarre thing to me is that Trump has a guy as like one of his most senior strategists, who's from a conservative blog who, who's always kind of positioned itself as an alternative to mainstream press and mainstream media. And if people aren't getting their news from the mainstream media anymore and they're going to sites like Breitbart, which Steve Bannon was, you know, a founding member of the board on, uh, who stands to benefit financially from that? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet Steve Bannon does. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. Uh, probably Trump to a lesser degree. Yeah. But uh, it, it's insane that people aren't asking the questions like who is behind this attack on the media and what might be the reasoning behind it. They're just buying into it like 100%. Yeah. The media is shitty and we should not trust them anymore, which is extremely dangerous. I have to interject because one thing that annoyed me about the... I'm not pro-Trump, I just have to say that. I'm just <laughs> a center and anytime either side annoys me, I tell them. So what happened during the election was... The press universally was like, oh, Trump's not very well educated. Oh, he's dumb. Look at all these dumb things he's doing. I can't believe you're going to vote for this moron. And so the press back then was super slanted, thinking they were going to change America's mind and there's no way Trump was going to be elected. Like, if you looked at any newspaper two months before the election, you're like, this guy doesn't stand a chance. Everybody's against him. I believe that. All these papers say he's like, so they went way too far in the Trump's dumb spectrum and then he won anyway so now they're like oh crap we already started this narrative of how dumb he is so we gotta kinda go with the what we picked which yeah he might be dumb or so but it just seems overly way one one direction and slanted I'm gonna say that I don't even personally think Trump is dumb i think the guy is like a disney cartoon villain like he's just like an evil genius at this point he's kind of got this aw shucks populism angle where everyone's like oh trump's an idiot he doesn't know what he's doing but he knows exactly what he's doing everything that administration is doing is is marching towards uh 
you know, reducing trust in the press, putting people from Trump's inner circle uh, in in the White House, refusing to divest his business interests, not releasing his tax returns. Uh, you could sit here and argue, you know, and, and I got in an argument online about just saying, like, I understand why people voted for Trump, but yeah, at the end of the day, the only people who are going to benefit from the Trump administration are are Trump and his cronies. And like, that's that's another thing where I have to interject is like, yeah, you might disagree with him. Yeah, he might be a terrible leader, but half the country wanted him. And the thing, I'm not worried about having a maniacal leader. Like, we lived through eight years of George Bush. We'll be fine. We made it. The thing I'm worried about... George Bush about, was legitimately dumb, though. I think yeah. that guy was not Well, I think it was smart. more of a he was puppet in the back door rooms kind of run it, ran everything. The thing I'm worried about is not Trump ruining America. The thing I'm worried about is a political civil war where everybody who's against Trump just keeps railing on him and railing on him. And then all of a sudden the people who did vote for him, who have been moderately quiet up to this point, rise up like... You've got half the population down there who wanted him. And if you look at just the media, it looks like 90% of the people didn't want him. So these people are just sitting around. And if things, this is just my like uh, apocalyptic view, if it gets heated and Trump's just like, all right, everybody who voted for me pick up arms, then uh, we're going to be in some real shit. Yeah, I mean, hopefully not us personally, but I absolutely 100% believe that we are going to see an American Civil War in our lifetime. Like, it's almost like there's two two countries right yeah. now. Like, it's it's liberals, <laughs> or Democrats versus Republicans, yeah. or liberals versus conservatives, or whatever the fuck you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, the, the blue versus the red. And red versus blue. <laughs> <laughs> quality quality yeah. show. Uh, and, yeah, both sides are, are turning to like this political extremism and dehumanizing yeah. the people like I can't tell you how many times I'll log on <laughs> to Twitter and see people saying horrific shit about other human beings who uh, whether you're conservative or yeah. you're liberal they're they're only the only way they differ from you is that they have different political ideology yeah. <laughs> like that that's it and that's the thing like the problem isn't that one side is right and one side is wrong. The problem is that these people are separating themselves into far left and far right when that's never been productive for anything. You always got to meet in the middle, take some of the views from the left, some of the views from the right, get stuff so that moderately everybody's happy. But if you like, if you split way far apart, then no matter what happens, one group is going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be pissing off half of the country at all times. And then yeah. you, you see it when there's swings of power. Like, what what is Trump's mandate, you know, other than undoing everything Obama did? It's not, yeah. it's not, okay, well, here's what we're going to do to advance the country forward. It's, okay, we're going to erase the last eight years and yeah. do my shit for eight years. <laughs> and then in eight years, maybe a Democrat's elected and they're like, hey, now we're going to spend eight years yeah. undoing... Like, you're not making progress as a country. You're just, like, seesawing back and forth mm -hmm. to appease both sides. It's insane. And while there has been some stuff that Trump did that I agree with, like uh, getting out of the TTP agree or TPP agreement, which... 
I only agree with because I have a lot of family who are farmers, so, and that's too nuanced and everything to get into. But what I'm saying is, I always say I'm not pro-Trump, but I'm also not against Trump. And for every crazy thing he does, uh, every time I'm ready to give up on the guy, he'll do like one thing. I'll be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Shit. I and then I start thinking I'm crazy. Like, oh my God, I fucking agree with this thing Trump did. Am I one of these crazy right-wing people that everybody's making fun of yeah no i think economically he's he's gonna be good for the states for sure yeah. like he's he's already pledged to bring back jobs yeah uh he's already doing that but not you know as as great as he the thing he is. is they're dirty jobs they're like oil industry jobs that everybody just kind of wants to hey we don't need oil anymore yeah. and you kind of do because <laughs> electric cars are still kind of run on coal yeah or wherever you get electricity from yeah <laughs> Which up he, up in BC where we are comes from, it comes from hydroelectric, hydroelectric dams, dams, which are not super green and not super clean. But of the options, they're one of the cleanest options. Oh, that's another thing I saw. So we're we're just jumping all over the place here. Yeah. But there there was this dam in California. Did you read about that? Oh, the, that broke. That that was about to break, like teetering on the brink of failure, and. This ties back into the whole political divisiveness thing, but all of these shitheads on Twitter, which I understand should not be, like, held as this barometer of society because it's yeah. probably the shittiest people in the world yeah. spend their time on Twitter. But uh, it was this dam in California was on the brink of collapse and they had to evacuate 100,000 people. And all of a sudden you have all these... Uh, conservatives or Republicans beaking off about how, oh, you know, damn in California gonna break and wash away 100,000 damn voters. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, oh, well, we find out that this town is actually in this, like, staunchly Republican part of California, and all these Democrats are like, oh, no, the Republicans are gonna drown <laughs> and die, and, like, they're, they're your fellow citizens, you fucking yeah. assholes. Like, stop being a dickhead and wishing death on people who vote differently than you and maybe your country won't be such a shit parade. Yeah, I think this is actually a good kind of fucking looking glass view at where racism comes from because even though you're not picking apart people and hating them because of their race, you're still being a bigot by hating someone on their political affiliation. Like, if you... All these people on the left, they look at someone who voted for Trump and they have all these immediate thinkings of what their character is, how they would act and everything simply because they're a Trump supporter. And that's kind of the definition of bigotry where you judge a person because of how you judge the group that they're a part of as a whole. Yeah, it's just making black state. And it's actually harming them because you think, you know, if someone sits there and calls me a racist and a sexist because of who I voted for, I'm going to get defensive and I'm going to become defensive against that person. And yeah. when they come out with a valid point, like, hey, maybe Trump should stop shitting all over the media because yeah. it's kind of necessary to report on him and hold him accountable. I'm not going to listen to those people because they called me yes, a racist, sexist exactly. idiot. <laughs> yeah, like if you back all the right wings into a corner, they're going to act like they're backed into a corner and not listen to anything you say. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the internet has made it nearly impossible to have any kind of reasonable, Open nuanced debate. dialogue yes. with other people who believe differently than you. So this is a problem that's going to be getting 
uh, a hell of a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. And uh, there there will be an American Civil War in our lifetime. I would, yeah. I would put money on it. I have five Canadian dollars that say the U.S. dollar is going down. <laughs> those, um, those Canadian dollars will be worth at least twice as much, uh, hopefully. We did kind of hit on electricity in a roundabout way, so I kind of want to just bring up something that isn't really outrageous, but it's kind of science-y. And what happened was there's a breakthrough in solar cell technology. So yada, 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 they can make solar cells cheaper so they can get solar power cheaper and easier. The, the like layman's terms is it used to take a thousand degrees to make, like you had to treat solar cells to a thousand degrees so you couldn't put them on plastic. They had to go on that thick glass. They're super expensive to make. They took all these chemicals. But they just had this breakthrough where they can actually print solar cells on these little crystals. And to treat them, you only have to go up to 150 degrees. So that means you can put them on plastic. Like, say you can have a tarp full of little solar cells. So what this means is I'm finally, I'm pro-pipelines, and I'm finally willing to say if this comes out and this works, we might have an optional source of power besides pipelines which you'd think we like from what everybody said you'd be like oh Dale we've had this for a long time we've had uh, wind turbines and all this stuff but every source of electrical power has its drawbacks like wind turbines are chopping apart eagles and the which yeah, eagles shouldn't put their nests on top of Wait, is that a real turbines. thing? Yeah. Are, are eagles getting chopped apart yeah, by... they are. That's, <laughs> that's one of, That's one of the main things because these wind turbines are 100 feet up or whatever, so the eagles put their nests right on top of, them, of the head part of the thing. And then when they fly in to go see their chicks, they get cut in half, which, I don't know, kind of Darwin's law. The eagles are getting cut off. It's their own fault. But another serious thing is... Apparently, there's a low hum that comes off these things that drives people that live around them nuts, which, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, we don't like to do research because how boring is research? And I'm just going to accept that, yeah, maybe it draws people nuts. So that's another downfall for the wind turbine power. But back to my point of the solar cell, if we can do this, we can start printing, say solar cells on plastic wrap and wrap our cars in a sort of vinyl solar powered wrap so this would change how expensive it is to make solar power and how readily accessible it is to the user like you and me like I don't want to spend 150 grand putting solar cells on top of a apartment I rent to get power but I might want to take a tarp and Put it, drape it down the front wall of my apartment to get the power from that. Yeah, I mean, people are inevitably going to be really upset about this because it does kind of hit, you know, you have all these people. <laughs> so my favorite thing about Albertans, uh, for our two American listeners who don't know, Alberta is a province in Canada, and you can pretty much consider it uh, like Canada's Texas, I guess. Is. Yeah, that's... A lot it's of oil. A, it's an oil-driven industry. A lot of conservatives. Major, major, majority of it is from oil, just like Texas. So Alberta got just 
wrecked over the past few years because of the the downturn in the global oil market and yeah. uh you know the saudis flooding the market with cheap barrels driving the price of oil down mm-hmm. and alberta got destroyed by this tons of good people lost their jobs i think they're still in like yeah they're a, still a really bad recession. like i'm a welder and so my jobs are directly related to the oil field because to make oil pumps and stuff you need welders so what happens is all the welders will leave Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton and go up to the oil patch and work there and then I can stay in the nice comfy city and take their job and work in the shop but when the oil fields are down then all those people come back looking for jobs and then it kinda there's not as many jobs left and the wage goes down because there's a surplus of labor and back to you yeah so uh, so Alberta has pretty much uh, hitched its eternal economic wagon to the oil industry, yeah. and uh, it's just become this like self-perpetuating thing by now. Where uh, anytime they talk about investing in alternative energy, uh, a bunch of Albertans uh, yeah. who are employed by the oil industry lose their minds, and you know rail against the government that's pledging to do this and claim that we have absolutely no need for alternative energies. But then we're at the mercy of, of shit like this, like the global markets. So they get yeah. destroyed by the oil and they still, you talked, you go into Alberta right now and you talk about investing in alternative energies or renewable energies yeah. and no, you'll get like rage from these people. But you know, there's a big opportunity here for, hey, maybe we start looking at solar yeah, energy like, and become uh, a, a leader in it. Exactly. Like Alberta, one of the things it has over the lower mainland where we personally live is it gets way more sunshine. Like I can't remember if this has been proven false, but there was a statistic that says Calgary gets the most sunshine of any city in Canada. And the strength of Alberta is it's flat. Joe, all jokes aside, that means there's no mountains going to block out the sun, so they'll get sun for the most hours of the day. So you have like this would also work for Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So flat as hell, really boring. And the thing is, up north or not even up north, there's going to be a lot of not necessarily useless land, but land that's underutilized. Because in BC, all the land that's flat is taken up because there's so many mountains and. Nobody wants to live in mountains or knock them down or whatever. So, <laughs> how would you knock down a mountain exactly? with dynamite, <laughs> obs? So you have all this extra land where you could put solar fields, and so Calgary and or not Calgary specifically, but Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba are prime areas to develop green energy. And yet they are all staunchly conservative and opposed to anything except oil and coal. Well, and Alberta has an NDP government right now. That is true, but... That's uh, also not working out for no, them because... That's, they're going to last one, one term. Because it's kind of just... That was reactionary politics where they all like in 2000... Like, uh, sorry, when the prices of oil went down and Alberta got apt, they're like, oh my god, we've hitched our wagon to oil too much let's pick the ndp so they can get us get us out of this mess and then they couldn't and now everybody's unhappy with their choice yeah i don't i don't know how much impact a government can have in the global oil market (laughs) like especially provincial but yeah when a government steps up and says okay 
we just got hammered by oil. Maybe now's the time to invest in alternative energies. Yeah. And everyone's like, nope, fuck no, we're not doing that. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, what What are you supposed you to do? You can't double down on oil. Well, how, that, but that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to swing the other way in the next election and probably vote some Wild Rose shitheads in. Uh, sorry for the swearing, Mom. <laughs> but the Wild <laughs> Rose part of your shitheads. Um, and it's going to be back to the the oil status quo until the next time this happens like you can't you can't pin your entire economy on yeah and another way to think about this is the softwood lumber industry that happened to bc like right now bc's greatest resource is tourist tourism basically the more old people that we can come to convince to come to vancouver and look how pretty and green everything is the more money the province makes what used to happen was it was all forestry because we have so many big awesome trees but what happened was (laughs) they're all considered softwood which is pine and lumber that's not hardwood like oak so what happened was this is my this is what i'm guessing happened so what happened was all the lumber we had we were mostly selling to the states and bc was highly dependent on the lumber industry and then the states were like, look, we don't need more of your soft wood lumber. We've got enough. And then BC was like, no, you got to keep taking it because this is what we make all our money <laughs> no, on. We, make, we only make money selling and lumber. And then the states were like, well, F you. We're not taking any more of your lumber. And then that was the softwood lumber crisis. And you can get further nuanced into it by saying that the federal government was setting the prices of the softwood lumber too high and all that super like economical smart stuff that yeah, they put, you don't want to listen to because it would be an hour. They put crazy about. tariffs on it that made it basically uh, like any Canadian softwood exporter was not going to be turning a profit on any softwood. And the thing we're going to see is that's going to play out exactly because you look at a lot of Trump uh, Trump's economic policies. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. He's pledging to slap, like, crazy tariffs on Canadian oil exports that, like, Alberta, you're you're in for a really, really rough ride coming up. And, uh, yeah, like, with with the economic policies we're going to be seeing and Trump's America first shit, um, there's going to be some tariffs put on oil exports that are going to continue to make it unviable for oil producers to... Uh, to invest in Alberta, so you you can't blame the government for that. You and you need to start looking at maybe, yeah, even shifting to tourism. Yeah, build. like that was my point. Was when in it was like the late seventies, early eighties. Once this all started happening, and all these mills got closed, and all these people lost their jobs. Everybody kind of found a different way. We turned to tourism, and we're still a province. There's still places to live, and we kind of still have an economy. Yeah. Like, we are st- we didn't just drop into the sea because we're broke. So what I'm saying is, yes, Alberta, oil sucks right now. You're kind of having a hard time with it. But if you look into something else and diversify, you could still kind of go on living yeah, and you should definitely look at doing that rather yeah. than just like, oh yeah, automatically getting your hackles up every time someone suggests that alternative forms of energy might exist in the world. Like if you could sell flatness, 
<laughs> Sorry, it was a cheap shot. I had to take it. I was going to make a mom joke, but I uh, decided against it because we are classy gentlemen on our podcast. Yes. Can we stop talking about politics now? Hey! Yeah. Well, sort of. Fudge. We're going to move into... Uh, Internet spoilers? No. Vincent Lee. Who? Oh, the guy who cut the guy's so head off. So the guy who cut the guy's head off. Uh, again, for our international listeners, all two of you, uh, there was a case in Canada. You might have heard of it because it was pretty sensational. Well, but, a guy cuts a guy's head off. How do you not hear yeah, about and, that? And, like, eats part of him. Uh, there was a gentleman on a Greyhound bus, uh, which is like an airplane for poor people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, basically just, like, randomly... Stabbed a dude to death in this bus, cut his head off, ate ate parts of him. Yeah, I think he, I don't know if he ate it, but he like, definitely bites were taken. I don't know if he chewed and swallowed, but still, I think once you take a bite, it's considered you're, eating. You're, you're locked in at that. Yeah, I would yeah. consider that cannibalism. <laughs> it's, it's like if somebody says, here's a bagel, I took a bite, but I didn't swallow the bite. You're like, you took a bite out of my bagel, you ate part of it, I don't want it. You, you are a bagel like, eater at that point. You can't be like, I bit it, but I didn't swallow it, so it doesn't count as eating it. So once you bite flesh off, you're a cannibal. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, cops who were attending the scene got like crazy PTSD from and it. And like, Yeah, because this happened in like small town Manitoba. Like This wasn't like inner city Toronto or... Vancouver downtown east side this was like even a downtown east side tiny podunk town in the prairies it would be like in the states it would be like if this happened in Idaho somewhere <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty succinct yeah <laughs> uh so Vincent Lee was recently uh for the record Vincent Lee is the man who cut a dude's head off on a greyhound he has and a new name now body. but I don't know what it is uh, he was he was recently released from the the Canadian justice system, and people are up in arms about this. They think that the guy should have been uh, probably left to rot in jail for the remainder yeah. of his days. Um, I want to point out that this has only been eight years ago. Did you say eight years? Was it eight years ago? Yeah. So it's basically, he cut someone's head off, ate part of their flesh. Eight years later, he's fully out. The thing was, he was highly schizophrenic at the time, and the, uh, he went on medication, and he's been going either daily or multiple times weekly to a psychiatrist slash other fancy named doctors to diagnose his problem. He's on medication to treat the problem, but I'm not buying it. Like... If you cut, like, I'd say maybe if he murdered someone kind of accidentally and then they're like, oh, he's schizophrenic, let him out. Okay, maybe. But he cut off a guy's head, took a couple bites, and now eight years later he's out. Like, you have people on drug charges in jail for longer than this. Yeah, okay. My thing is that the people in drug charge on drug charges in prison knew what they were doing when they yeah. got those drug charges. They made a conscious decision to deal drugs or traffic drugs or sell drugs yeah. a guy you you don't cut off someone's head on a bus a random person <laughs> and eat part of them if you are sane if you yeah. are a sound mind i don't think there was a crime committed here so like, my my point is this not that he should stay in maximum security jail and be put on death row my thing is at one point in his life he was crazy enough to cut someone's head off and yeah, we're giving him drugs and we're watching him closely. But 
I don't think he should just be like out walking the streets because I'm I'm not familiar with like mental illness. Like how long would it take him if he went off these meds and stopped seeing his psychiatrist? How long again would it be before his schizophrenia acted up to the point where he could cut off someone else's head? Like if you can give me that exact measurement, be like, oh, well that would take two years without the medication, probably another year without the medical staff watching his moves and telling him what's going on and monitoring him. But we can't really say. We're just like, well, he was crazy enough to cut someone's head off. And we're about 90% certain he's definitely not crazy enough to cut someone else's head off. Okay, so I'm going to fall back on one of my favorite logical fallacies here, the slippery yeah. slope. Any one of us is capable of experiencing a psychotic break at any time for no reason. Yourself, yeah. myself. There are people out there uh, who are genetically predisposed to schizophrenia that it's undiagnosed in them yeah. that are also out there wandering the streets. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to lock this guy up based on the assumption that he could hypothetically commit another violent crime someday, we're going to do this to all the people who could suffer a psychotic break? I'm not saying lock him up. I'm saying, like, give him, like, the equivalent of the I'm going to cut someone's head off ankle bracelet. <laughs> like, if you're a super <laughs> alcoholic and you commit a crime, you get this ankle bracelet that anytime you have drugs in your system, it beeps and then the police come and pick you up. Like, he should have a bracelet on his ankle that, through the magic of science, can deduce when he's prone to a psychic outburst which they probably don't have. But what I'm saying yeah, is... Yeah, I don't think the science exists. What I'm saying is, yes, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And yes, everybody in a perfect world is a good person deep down. And once they deal with their issues, they're good. But you can't get over the fact that this guy killed a guy and cut his head off and took a bite. Like, that's just too beyond the he had a psychic outburst and somebody died. That's like... He had a psychic outburst and it was the most horrific thing in these cops had ever seen in their 30-year careers. Yeah. Uh, n no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're, so, you're wrong and your opinion sucks. And, and well, here's why. <laughs> yeah. I, like, there's, it's just, it's too gross and traumatic. It is gross and traumatic, but again, not a thing a sane person would do and, there, there are the prison system should be about rehabilitation. It should not be yeah. about locking people up so that people who shit their pants over the possibility that someone might cut their head off while they're riding on a poor person airplane <laughs> <laughs> and keeps them safe. Uh, the guy, there's obviously checks and balances in place. He has to see a court ordered psychiatrist. How how many times a week? Yeah, he he has to adhere to his medication. Yeah, people when they're recounting the story, it's like, oh, Vincent Lee is just out there roaming the street. He could yeah. be in your neighborhood right now. He's not in your fucking neighborhood, you dummy. And there are checks and balances in place yeah. to make sure he's not going to reoffend. And if he does reoffend, then you know, hey, we can look back at it and say, sorry, we fucked up. Obviously, yeah. this guy was a high risk of reoffending, but I don't think. Uh, I'd have to familiarize myself with the story a little bit more. I don't think he was aware he was schizophrenic before this happened. Yeah. He certainly wasn't on medication. Uh, there there was some, like, telltale signs where people were like, okay, well, you know, looking back, maybe we <laughs> could have guessed this was going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, again, like, the guy's heavily medicated. 
he's he is seeing a psychiatrist. He's working through it. I think he's rehabilitated. I don't okay, think he's for me, offend. I don't even really need to know that he's rehabilitated. But as long as he's taking his medication, as long as he's keeping up his appointments with his doctor, I'm okay with it. So I'm not saying that. Like, it's kind of like he's not getting off the hook for doing this because he has to take these shitty pills and go to these boring-ass fucking doctors and be like, how do you feel about what happened to you today? Like, for the rest of his life. And that's got to be some sort of imprisonment. Yeah, in the never mind the fact. Things. Like, imagine you go temporarily insane and you do this horrific shit that's all over the news. And yeah. you come back to sanity <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like... I did what? Like, yeah. I cut off a dude's head and murdered him and ate part of his body. Yeah. Like, you, well, you probably know where you got the stomach ache from. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, having to live with that, for, like, never mind the drugs and having yeah. to see the psychiatrist. Knowing that you, like, there are pictures of him out there marching up and down this bus with a severed head. I, I wouldn't want to live with that shit. Yeah, like, no. that's got to be hard enough for the guy. Like, that is, that would be a good, like horror movie plot like you wake up in one day and you're like oh i feel weird today and then you like read the news about something horrific that happened and you're like man the world's going to hell who does all this crazy shit and then you find out it's you and you're like oh geez uh i didn't know i was a monster inside of me and all this stuff and then you could have like this whole man versus id kind of like ego fighting aspect psychology of it that that would make an excellent movie which brings us into our next yes next segue. We are the segue king. So hey, we saw Rogue One last night. Yeah, the, the new Star Wars film. It's been out for ten weeks. Excellent. I think it's been longer than that. Uh, the those things said ten weeks. Okay. When you look up movie listings, it says how many weeks it's been out, oh, and it said ten. Shit, the future. And is I trust a movie website more than you. That's yeah. That's true. <laughs> I do not research anything. Yeah. As we have uh, clearly stated. It so, feels like more than 10 weeks, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. But uh, excellent movie. Yes. I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, but we, given that it had <laughs> taken us 10 weeks to see this extremely popular movie, uh, we wanted to talk about uh, a thing that is a continual source of outrage, particularly during any Walking Dead or Game of Thrones season. Yeah. And that's uh, people sharing spoilers online. Okay, I'm going to say this. I have always thought that a movie or TV show should be good enough that if it's spoiled for you, you still enjoy watching it. Like, the mark of a good movie is if you know what happens, like if you know the twist in an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and you watch it, and it's still enjoyable, that's a mark of a really good movie. Like, if you have a TV show or a movie that hinges its whole enjoyment on one twist and that's ruined for you, then the whole show's ruined, then maybe that show's not as good as you thought. Yeah, like... Like in Game of Thrones. Like, how is it a spoiler if someone dies? Like, every character dies. So, if you hear that a character dies and that ruins your whole enjoyment of the episode, maybe you didn't really enjoy the show overall and you were only looking forward to the twists. Yeah, like we, we need to throw this crazy plot twist at you that people can't yeah. talk about just so that you'll watch our show. Like, I don't know, that seems kind of like a, yeah, a it's, cheap ploy to me. Yeah, it, to me it seems like a crutch or bad like story development. Yeah, like looking back on every one of M. Night 
Shyamalan's film. Actually, I have to interject because they're all horrible. one of the worst. No, I love them all they're except for Lady so in the Water. Lady in the Water is the only M- and Unbreakable. Those are the only two M Night Shyamalan movies I won't vouch they're for. Really, they're not. But they're not Signs good. and Sixth Sense and The Village are all amazing. I even like the Avatar movie. But anyways, <laughs> what I'm gonna say is, I had The Village ruined for me. Somebody told me the twist. Like, somebody was like, oh, man, those... Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those creatures were so scary, even though they're just people dressed up. And then I was like, ugh. That's not even the main twist. (laughs) I know that's not the main twist, but it's still a big spoiler. So I go into this movie knowing that these creatures used to scare the kids and stuff are the village people dressed up. And I still enjoyed that. And I still enjoyed the reveal because it was a good enough movie that once you knew the twist, well the sub big twist it was still good enough to enjoy like has anybody watched uh soylent green like we all know that like the twist in that is pop culture it's people yeah soylent green is people soylent green is people at this point it's impossible to go into that movie without (laughs) knowing it you know there's a fucking company that actually called itself soylent and they make this is another discussion but they make like Meal replacements. Uh, it's the, all the shit in like Silicon Valley yeah. because you have a bunch of nerds who don't know how to cook and just want to like drink their meal. Yeah. But this stuff is like, this company is not going to exist within a year because they keep giving like people botulism oh, in their Jesus. shitty food replacement. But why would you call your company after a company that, or after a pop culture reference yeah. about eating people? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, like in, <laughs> like Vincent Lee would eat that shit. <laughs> no, no one else. He's would. like, oh man, that's way easier than going to the source. But uh, yeah, it was in like Futurama. Soylent Soda. He was drinking it. He was oh, like, yeah. ah, Soylent Soda's people, and they just kept drinking it. But yeah, like that is why would you name yourself that? And because even if you don't think Soylent whatever meal replacement in Silicon Valley is made with people, you still have that image in your head. And so you're like, it's going to affect the way it tastes. Yeah. The botulum's not really going to help anything either. <laughs> or like uh, Pla- Planet of the Apes. Like everyone knows how that ends. Yeah. Uh, not, not a major twist there. Oddly, another Charlton Heston movie. Oh, yeah, that is odd. Uh, still still an enjoyable film. I would watch Planet yeah, of the Apes. I do have to point out, Charlton Heston is an incredibly bad actor, but that adds to the <laughs> enjoyment. Like, if you're watching Omega Man, another Charlton Heston movie from the 70s, you know what's happening at the end of that, because everybody knows the story of Omega Man, but it's still enjoyable. I don't, I don't know the story uh, it's of the, Omega it's Man. The, Okay, so the movie I Am Legend with Will Smith oh, yeah. was made twice before. There was Last Man on Earth with uh, that guy who's in the 50s. Oh, the 50s Vincent guy. Vincent Price. <laughs> Vincent Price played the main character. Okay. And then in the 70s, Omega Man was the same story, but this time it was Charlton Heston as the character who's going around killing the vampires, and then Will Smith. So, Keller. Yeah, it's all based on a book called The Last Man on Earth, and you know the story. Like, that, like La, I Am Legend, you knew the ending. Well, I knew the ending, because it was spoiled because I'd seen Omega Man, and I still really enjoyed that movie, because it was a good enough movie, and some say the creature effects were subpar because their skin looked too smooth, but I'm willing to give it to them. <laughs> I don't know a single person who said that. Uh, probably people who work in the creature effects <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. 
so basically people get really angry over people sharing spoilers online and i'm gonna say there's a clear divide between people who just like going online after one of these tv shows airs yeah it's like or or a movie comes like, out a good example of what not to do was after not rogue one but the other star wars movie uh episode eight Somebody had went on their car and they said Han Solo dies. They had a bumper sticker called that. Driving around the day after it got released. Yeah, that's like, an awful thing to do. And that's that above and beyond being a dick. Like I think spoilers should only have a time frame. For TV shows on TV, it's a week. And if you haven't seen the episode in that week, then that's your own fucking fault. And you should be more up to date on your TV and you can't get mad at people for spoiling it. Even then, I don't think... Like, if there's something that I really, really care about that I want to experience firsthand and yeah. not hear about online, stay off the fucking internet. But yeah, that's a good Don't point go on too. Twitter. Don't go on Facebook. Yeah. Don't be like, hey, everyone I know, don't talk about this thing because I'm a dumbass who has to wait three days to watch a TV yeah. show. Just stay off the internet for three days. And I can't police myself to not research into the, what's going on <laughs> about this. Like, I didn't see the last episode of the last episode of Game of Thrones, and... I still don't know what happened because I... Oh, for real? So good. <laughs> I haven't gone and looked for the answer. Like, I think well, the young kid saw the two Lannisters having sex and jumped out a window. No, that's not even it. He. Oh, man. Have you really not seen it yet? No, I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, you need it. to I, watch it. So I just... I'm... I don't know. For some reason, I was like, Ugh, Game of Thrones, I should... Uh, and then I got, like, a letter saying I shouldn't download stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not going to buy HBO just to see this Wait, last what? episode. Did yeah. your ISP actually send you a letter saying... Yeah. Oh, wow. Who, yeah. Who is your internet... Uh... Uh, Shaw. Oh, I, I use Shaw. Yeah. I, I stream stuff don't illegally download movies. all the time. Okay. Uh, also... Well, they, they don't do it if you stream. It's just because uh, I was... That's why I quit using Torrents and went to <laughs> streaming because I got a couple letters and they're like, ah, we're going to bill you $200 for watching this movie that was moderately all right. And I'm like, wow. No movie's worth $200 watching, so I'll just wait. None, except for uh, the entire repertoire of M. Night Shyamalan, apparently, who oh, makes shitty garbage films I that are I love bad. M. Night Shyamalan movies. I'm, I'm not even ashamed. Like, I don't even know. Most people are ashamed. They're like, oh, I didn't like that. Like, they're all good. We're going to devote an entire episode to just me and you arguing about oh, wait. M. Night Shyamalan There's another points. one I can endorse, and that is... After Earth with Will Smith. I never even bothered. And, but I think what happened was M. Night said he would direct it, but they didn't put his name on the poster. And I think the only reason... Because we all know M. Night Shyamalan's career is going downhill because everybody just kind of... He got too popular, so everybody's like, oh my god, he's so good. And then he kind of fell off when people just got sick of it. And they're like, oh, I don't like M. Night Shyamalan anymore. He makes terrible movies. When we all except for Derek, apparently, enjoyed his movies. Oh, that's the new one, Split. Looks yeah, fucking that looks terrible. awful. Yeah. Just awful. Okay, there's this fits in with Vincent Lee because uh, the guy in that movie has psych or like a multiple personality disorder and one of the disorders abducts these girls and then the other personalities talk to the girls while they're held captive which to me besides being super creepy and hard to find myself enjoying the subject matter just seems like uh kind of a weak premise like if the movie silence of the lambs was just wild bill holding that girl in the well that wouldn't be a very good movie you need more meat to it yeah 
I mean, it's good for maybe a couple of the bare bones. I can't even guess the god-awful twist that he ham-fistedly works into this one, but it's it's probably awful. Uh, I like some of the twists. Like in The Happening, They're just so... when the plants were talking to each other and making people kill each other with their fucking plant gas that made people go crazy and want to be suicide, that was awesome. No, that was, there was nothing awesome Derek, about that movie. God! What's happening to so the bees? <laughs> Dude, Mark Wahlberg Mark as a Wahlberg teacher is also slash awful. hero. Awful. Mark Wahlberg is not awful. Just an awful actor. Not- as much as I don't agree with his character and who he is in real life, I like everyone he plays Just in movies. Just an awful... You know I- what movie I was thinking about? The Big Hit. Remember that? Okay, Big Hit was an amazing yeah. movie. I really like that. Mark Wahlberg in that. See, no awesome. twist necessary. Just a straightforward shoot 'em up like kidnapping i don't yeah. i remember less Stylized than 10 percent of that movie but yeah. uh you know the 90s were were definitely the golden age of cinema <laughs> in my opinion bright colored stylistic cinema yeah. yes loved it so like the best batman series if you have a problem with internet spoilers and things be <laughs> you know, i just derailed gonna be another, we need, <laughs> i think we should start a second podcast where we just talk about the shitty movies you like and why oh man your i taste, like some shitty movies your taste and things i don't know what happened like that thing inside me that says this is too cheesy don't like this movie it broke maybe i watched too many cheesy movies so now like when i was younger i definitely hated cheesy movies like i, I hated nicholas cage for the longest time and you know what i watched and liked drive angry that shouldn't be possible because that movie is garbage it is so cheesy and it is so bad but i was like this ain't bad i don't know like maybe when i turned 30 the part of me that was just too proud to like bad art just died it was like nah we're releasing you from these chains you're allowed to like terrible cinema uh speaking of bad movie opinions i'm i'm gonna say something super unpopular i said this last night after we watched the movie i absolutely think that they should remake the first Star Wars trilogy. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Like, add, add some new... I know they did the the digitally enhanced version yeah. of the first trilogy that everyone shat all over. But, yeah. like, hire a cast of people who, who actually knows how to act. That would be uh, good. Nothing against Mark Hamill, but, like, not a good live-action actor. Great at, great at voice acting. Yeah. Does I, some... for one, love remakes. Like, everybody hates movies that are remade, but for me, I love them because it's... All the movies you used to love with modern actors and the most important part, special effects that are updated. Yeah, that don't look like garbage. Like even watching Rogue One last night, I was you know, it was it was cool to see how true they were to the style of the original trilogy. Yeah. But you're also reminded that people had some really fucking dumb ideas in the seventies. Yeah, like but... how stuff looked. And another thing about it too was they didn't have the ability to make stuff look as cool like they for darth vader all they had was a vacuum cleaner they could smash and glue to his chest so they're kind of stuck with making him look like that for every movie thereafter where it looks like somebody who didn't have any money made costumes out of plastic pieces they found around their house and now they all have to look like that yeah uh, and plus, you know, all they all they have to do is make a remake. They will make billions of dollars off of a remake. Oh, yeah. You don't have to do any, like, new screenwriting. Uh, you just need, like, a big-ass special effects budget and to hire some legitimate actors. Uh, I, I would replace uh, Mark Hamill. I would replace Billy D. Williams. Uh, well, have, you have to. We'd have to replace Carrie Fisher. Uh, I think a good... 
a good litmus test for this is the Han Solo prequel movie that's coming out where Donald Glover is going to play Donald Glover, man. Yeah, I he's going to be play Col- Lando, Lando. Calrissian. I'm such a bad nerd. I just lost all my cred, <laughs> which is awesome. And then you have a bunch of young hot dudes playing all these old terrible actors. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be way better. You know, yeah, just remake Star Wars with a bunch of young hot dudes and yeah. Dale and I will be first in line. Exactly. <laughs> and that way you don't have to worry about some 80-year-old old guy's brittle bones getting broken when you try to close the hatch door of the Millennium Falcon. Like, I was, I was seriously thinking about this. We're watching Rogue One and I'm wa- every time these guys jump onto the ship and then they fly away because like some explosions happening spoiler alert there's explosions and every <laughs> you time it. every time they close the door i'm like how the fuck did they break harrison ford's leg like it's harrison ford he's 80 you figure you'd hand him handle him with like super gentle okay harrison we're closing the door move your leg <laughs> nope slam broke his leg don't how even the fuck? like hire a 30 year old and superimpose yeah. Harrison Ford's face with CGI onto the 30 year old's body like a body like, double yeah there you go like they did for the last half of Fast and the Furious 7 because that guy another flew awful off a cliff. why would you watch anything beyond I'm going to tell you cuz <laughs> one there's awesome cars in it two they drive really fast three there's explosions and four I don't have to worry about losing point of the plot because it doesn't matter <laughs> there's just cars, cars driving explosions. fast and explosions all right well that, that sounds reasonable enough uh <laughs> to, to circle back to our whole internet spoilers discussion uh it's if, your fault if you expect people to stay off the internet and not talk about things because you can't stay off the internet uh you're a child and yeah. you deserve to have everything in the world ruined for you and i hope you never enjoy a twist ending or an M. Night Shyamalan film again. Whoa, you, I was on board to nobody enjoying anything ever again until you brought in M. Night Shyamalan. You're, you're already not going to enjoy it. It's, it is shitty trash. Okay, whatever. Sixth Sense was awesome. It was awesome because you were like, whoa, no one's ever had a twist like this in a movie before. This is crazy. My entire perception is realigned. And then every movie after that, you were just like, oh, what's the twist? Well, no, Sixth Sense was awesome because it was this little kid who could talk to ghosts. And then you saw these crazy, creepy dead people like Stuttering Stanley, like his teacher. And then you see those people hanging there. Yeah, that's freaky. And then that kid who like had the hole in the back of his head, that was scary. And then that other kid whose mom was poisoning her the whole time, and then they're at the wake for this kid, and then he finds the video that she made. Like, that's fucking good movie making right there. That's, uh... By the way, have you seen Haley Joel Osment lately? Oh, yeah, he's... He- Terrible looking. Yeah, he uh, he looks like he ate child <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. He is a he is a beefy guy. No offense, Haley Joel Osment, if you're listening to this and you want to send us money, <laughs> we will retract all of our personal opinions on your outward appearance. Uh, next week on Outrage Factory, <laughs> sponsored by Haley Joel Osment. Why Dale and Derek are dickheads, and why Haley Joel Osment is the handsomest failed child actor of our time. Greatest greatest actor of he our was, time. Did you see the movie Tusk? Oh, the Kevin Smith? Yeah. No. He's one of the main characters in that. Oh, that looks awesome. Yeah. I should watch that. But there's Which no I'm not going to spoil for show. you because even though it's super old, it doesn't hold up if you know what happens. Yeah. Well, I guess you kind of know what happens because the plot synopsis of the show is the spoiler alert. Yeah. He turns a guy into a walrus? Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess there's no way to spoil it. So yeah, 
this guy goes up to find this guy <laughs> and talk to him, and then he gets turned into a walrus, and it's actually kind of disheartening, and you kind of just leave it feeling bad. Yeah. That's kind of a spoiler right there. Sounds like every Kevin Smith movie I've ever seen. Hey, yo! Except for Mallrats. <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing I wanted to say about internet spoilers, there's also the people who, like... So it's the intent behind it, right? If you're just, yeah. like, talking about shit with friends, you're like, oh, this thing really excited me. Uh, I'm just having a conversation about it, and this eavesdropper walks in and just poops all over the place because yeah. I can't believe I ruined it for him. That's markedly different from... Uh, say my shitty friend Brittany, who after the series finale of Dexter went on to my <laughs> Facebook page and directly posted a spoiler. Oh, it wasn't even the series finale. It was uh, it was the the season that uh, Rita was killed. Rita was killed. Did oh wait, that's want... his wife. No, the yeah, the blonde girl. Yeah, she was uh... killed by John Lithgow or whatever. Yeah, that that was the moment I stopped watching Dexter because. My friend Brittany, who is a bad person, oh, man. just like strangled the joy out of this show for me, and I never went back to it after this that. This is what I'm going to say. Don't watch the whole series of Dexter because it's terrible, but there's a season with Colin Hanks in it, and yeah, Edward I think James that was the, the follow Almost, one. almost, almost. There's no T in it. Anyways, that season <laughs> is awesome. I gave up on Dexter a couple seasons before it ended. So I was kind of stoked because you're going to tell me how the series ended, so I didn't have to watch it. No, but I remember people were really angry about it online. Which yeah. I can't wait for like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead to end, and uh, we can talk about how people were so pissed off uh, about that. Yeah, because... uh, but... Oh, sorry. No, no, after you. Okay, what I was going to say is sometimes spoiler alerts are do serve a purpose to entice you to actually watch a thing. Like, there's been times when I was like, oh, this movie looks terrible. I'm not going to watch it. But so, And then someone goes, actually, no, you should watch it because this happens. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that twist happened. Yeah, I'll watch the movie because it might just seem like a boring movie where you're like, eh, whatever. Eh, just a regular M. Night Shyamalan like movie. Like, a good, a good example of this is the Westworld series. Oh, that was an amazing like, show. If you watch up I'm not going to spoil this for If anyone. you watch up to maybe three, two or three episodes before the end, you're like, oh, I don't get this. It's not going to tie up. This is terrible. But they tie everything together in the end. So if you're seriously going to give up on the series, look for maybe one spoiler alert, just kind of as like a carrot on the stick to get you going, to keep you going to the end because it all pays off and it's all great. Yeah. But if you quit before it ends, you're just going to be like, oh, this is dumb. The last three episodes of that season were just like balls to the wall. Yeah. Insane awesomeness that blew my mind. It reminded yeah. me of, of Lost more than any show that has existed. Yeah, except for this didn't leave Dale very upset at the end. Yeah, we're going to have another debate about that. This puts us at about an hour. Uh... I don't want to talk about politics again, so I think we should end it. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in for our second episode of Outrage Factory. And uh, I know what I said about how many listeners we have. I do have to tell you we are not rich yet, so if you were thinking about sending us money and then you're like, oh, I don't have to send them money because all these people listen, so they're obviously rich and famous now. <laughs> well, we're not, so give us some money. Yeah. Uh, we'll even we can work out a sponsorship deal. We'll say something nice about you. Uh, yeah, like if Trump wants to give us money, we'll be like the media is slanted. Yeah, you're a nice guy. Thank you for all the money. We are very influential with at least ninety five people. Yeah, uh, two of which are from your home country. 
thanks again for coming out. Thanks, as always, to my co-host, Dale DeRue, for yeah. having bad opinions that I can argue with. Yeah, and thanks for Derek, who, even though he doesn't like amazing movies, is all right. And I also want to say, if you don't agree with any of our opinions, please let us know. It goes straight to my spam filter, so I don't have to read it. Yeah. Uh, if topic suggestions for our next show, tweet them at the out- wait, Outrage Fact Pod. I don't. Uh, I don't just, know why you're just, looking at me. Just Twitter search Outrage Factory uh, or email theoutragefactory at gmail.com. Until next week, stay outraged. Yeah. Be angry. Uh.